the beginning of the pause will be 7 a.m. Friday, the 24th of November, and it will last, of course, as agreed, for four uh, days. And uh, the first uh, patch of civilians to, uh, to be released from Gaza will be around 4 p.m. of the same day. They will be 13 in number, all women and uh, children, and uh, those hostages who are from the same families will be uh, put together within the same patch. CNN's Becky Anderson, who was in that press conference, asked multiple great questions. Becky, I think one of the key ones that you asked was, what happens if one side breaches this agreement? What is the result of that? What stood out to you about the answer from, from the Qatari official? It was an interesting answer, wasn't it? He said this has to be a cessation of hostilities completely on both sides, on the ground and for periods of time in the air. And he made it very clear when asked about drones in the air, surveillance drones in the air, he said specifically during the period of the hostages being released, there would be no surveillance drones flown. Um, and we know, um, because we've had two what we might call proof of concept um, episodes where we've seen two sets of uh, hostages released, of course, the American uh, mother and her 17-year-old daughter some weeks ago, and then two elderly Israeli citizens. We know that there were drones in the air at the time. And what he suggested is that can be very confusing. Um, it can uh, make people feel like they're, that they're maybe be some hostile activity in the air. So, so certainly during the periods of time when the hostages are being released, the air, the skies will be clear. The air space over those hostages will be clear. Let's just be very specific, I think, about what we learned today, Caitlin. Um, this truce starts at 7 a.m. local Gaza time. That is 12 or midnight um, Eastern time, and at some point after four o'clock in the afternoon, so 9 a.m. Um, Eastern time, we will see the first 13 hostages. The names of those 13 hostages have now been shared with uh, both uh, the with uh, Mossad on the Israeli side, and the reciprocal arrangement, as it were, the release of Palestinian prisoners into um, the um, Palestinians' hands will happen around the same time, although um, Majid al-Ansar, the spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs here, couldn't say exactly how many hostages would be exchanged. And then after that, every day there will be a list um, shared with both sides on those who will be released every day at around the same time. So let's assume for it to be around four o'clock in the afternoon, Gazan time, uh, for four days. That would take us up to effectively 50 hostages, women and children. After that, Majid al-Ansari reminded us that the proposal, the, the, the deal includes a, an opportunity for Hamas to come good on its agreement and for every 10 extra hostages released and the understanding is that they are holding as many as sort of 70 to 80 there will be an extra day of this pause this secession of hostilities uh, for this brief 
period of time. So, you know, lots of good detail uh, from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs here today, and important detail, because although we knew that this deal had been agreed to, there were lots and lots of things that were, that, that were still unclear until uh, we heard um, from Majid Al-Ansari at this press conference today. Caitlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was key there, Becky, a, a sense of optimism that from the Qataris, at least, that this could potentially go on for longer than the planned four days. We'll see. Of course, there is a good reason to be skeptical here. We'll see what this looks like once it's actually put into effect. Thank you, Becky Anderson and Kate. Obviously, this is the news that so many of these families have been waiting for, that at midnight Eastern tonight, this temporary truce is going to go into place, and that, based on what we just heard, if everything goes according to plan, 24 hours from now, we will see 13 women and civilian hostages released by Hamas in Gaza, Kate. Caitlin, thank you so much. And to remind everyone of the breaking news, which is this is a big moment that we're looking at right now. As, as of mid, the news is midnight uh, tonight, Eastern time, 7 a.m. local, the truce sets in. 4 p.m. local, 9 a.m. Eastern, around, the hostages will be begin to be released. And is, Israel has confirmed that, that they have a list in hand of the 13 hostages to be first released. 13 women and children are now just hours away, hopefully, from ending a weeks-long nightmare. Joining us now on this news, finally some more detail that we have gotten about what this exchange will look like is Formity, former Deputy Director of National Intelligence, Beth Sanner, CNN Global Affairs Analyst, Kim Dozier, and retired Army Brigadier General, Mark Kimmett. Thank you guys for being here. Beth, what's your reaction to all of what we just heard laid out by Qatari officials of what this process is going to look like now? Well, I guess I'll skip ahead a little bit because I think that, you know, tomorrow looks very good. But as each day progresses, it gets harder and more challenging. And it's clear from the way the Qataris laid out this plan that their goal is very, very divergent from where the Israeli goal is in the end. The Qataris want to extend this indefinitely and lead this lead to a peace agreement or full ceasefire and Israel is absolutely in a different place. And so I think that, you know, this does become much more more complicated as each day goes by. It's an excellent point because we just heard from the prime minister himself definitively saying the war continues last night, that the mission remains to uh, demolish Hamas. In general, in terms of what this truce means and how it holds. So midnight tonight Eastern is when the truce is to set in. And our Becky Anderson, our colleague over there, she asked Qatari officials, what would constitute a breach of this agreement, a break in that truce by either side? And the Qatari official definitely did not answer the question. What do you think would, is it clear what would constitute a breach and what happens if, if they do? Well, I think what would happen is there would be some undisciplined fire from perhaps a individual Hamas soldier that may or may not uh, agree with what is what what is going on. He may be trying to lure uh, the IDF into firing back. That happens so often in these tentative ceasefires around the world. Uh, I think that that would not return the situation to a full combat operation. But as they said uh, in the press conference, they would do everything they could to contain that type of violation. I think at this point, both sides want this, uh, this pause to uh, 
stay in place during the duration of the hostage exchange. And what the pause, does a, does a pause beget a pause is kind of a question, um, Kim, because a former head of Mossad told me last night that it will be for the IDF much harder to start the fighting in the military operation back up once this truce sets in. For one, because he believed the mounting international pressure that would start building to at least bring about a slowdown. The IDF and the prime minister have assured, though, that they are going to return to operations. The, the mission continues. What do you think of this? Well, Israel has said that this agreement expires after 10 days, and the White House hoping that if the first four days go well, each of those additional days could uh, lead to more hostage exchanges, possibly up to 10 days. Uh, but turning the war back on is going to be really hard for the Israeli government because there'll be pressure from the hostage families to keep this going, to keep the exchanges going. Because the Hamas militants, they're not going anywhere. They're stuck inside Gaza. So what's the difference between waiting another 10 or 20 days to prosecute the war um, versus starting it earlier? And Beth, Netanyahu, the role of the Red Cross was brought up in this press conference with Qatari officials. And, and he essentially said that the Red Cross has a role in accepting the hostages and kind of facilitating that. But there is also then Netanyahu saying yesterday that the Red Cross, he said, the expectation is will be allowed to visit the hostages who remain behind, remain in Gaza, and even offer medical support to those hostages. But the Red Cross, you know, the confusion sets in because the Red Cross says this morning they aren't aware of that agreement at all, though ready to help in any way. Do you see Hamas letting the Red Cross in? What do you see as the role here? Well, um, Hamas will do what it sees in its interests and how it views that uh, in terms of its broader interests of extending the ceasefire indefinitely, um, giving itself time to regroup, trying to present itself as the, um, the good guys here, uh, you know, which is very hard for us to see, right? But I think when you are um, looking at it from the Arab world, it looks different. So, yeah, I can see it actually happening in a way that Hamas tries to twist it into something positive for them. In the end, you know, um, getting IRC in there is, is absolutely the, the right thing and the good thing to do. So we'll see, have to see how this goes.